Watch out, Doc. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. Do you have questions or need advice for all the aches and pains in your life? We're here to help. This is Doc Talk with Hans Olsen, presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Doctor, Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health, the show that's so good we got to play the intro twice. I mean, come on. This is something that everybody waits for, waits, looks forward to every single week. Doc Talk, an opportunity for you to call in and ask any of your medical questions to one of the amazing physicians. We'll start it three times. That's how good this show is. That one was just for you. You know what? We got to start it one more time because we do have Dr. Dan Cushman on, and he is the king of Doc Talk. Watch out, Doc. Four times, baby. Bringing the energy, bringing the passion, bringing the insight and knowledge. It's Dr. Dan Cushman here with us on on, on Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health. Dr. Cushman, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Hey, Hey, you let me know. Do we need the intro one more time, or are you good? Well, usually I'd say four is about all right, but if you want to do five, I'm okay with that. You know, nah. yeah, we'll hold off on it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think four is good. How you been, Doctor Cushman? Things have been good. Can't complain. Good, good. Things are busy. I'm sure. Are, are have has uh, have the clinics been extremely busy for you lately? Yeah, we had about. Uh, you know, a month or a month and a half. We're really trying to limit it as much as we could, but we're kind of in a new norm now. And so we're doing it as safely as possible. But unfortunately, when people need to be helped, like you can't just wait forever. So yeah, we're doing our best. If you're tuning into Doc Talk and you're wondering what this is, maybe this is your first time to the show. It's an opportunity for you to call in. You don't have to wait in a waiting line, no insurance card. This is just free medical advice. If you're dealing with an injury, if you're dealing with pain, discomfort, if you've got something that's nagging you, like a joint, a muscle, a tendon or a ligament, something that's bothering you, maybe your kids are getting back to activities and there's something wrong with your kid and you don't know, but you don't want to go in and, and sit in a waiting office and, and go see the physician in person, you can call Doc Talk and talk to Dr. Dan Cushman, 855 340 9663. Easier way to remember it is 855-340-ZONE on your phone. That's 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone lines with us. So Dr. Cushman, where are we right now as far as um, uh, online interactions with clients to, or, or, or patients to um, in-person interaction? Are you guys still doing a lot over line? Yeah, we kind of do everything that's possible um, online just because the less people are traveling about and the less um, people are being exposed, the better. In particular, you know, if we are seeing somebody who's immunocompromised or a little older, we really want to protect them as much as possible. So the less people that are around them and the less they have to come in, probably the better. The other question that I had for you before we jump out to phone calls and start taking some of these questions, um, is there a chance that Elector of elective procedures could get uh, shut down again? Yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think there is a chance of that. Um, the problem really for everything is that um, obviously we want to keep as many people safe as possible, but the reality is it comes down to systems. And for us, the big system is if the hospitals get overwhelmed, 
And so if you get too many people who are sick, even if they're not necessarily life-threatening, but they have to go to the hospital um, because it's getting worse, those hospitals get full. And once they get full, you got to shift resources away from that. So um, the the elective procedures right now, they're still doing them. But yeah, if, if we don't stop getting more and more hospitalizations, um, there's there is a real chance that it could happen again. Now that's a little bit nerve wracking to think that we yeah. could have those procedures shut down. How are we doing on medical equipment, face masks and, and gear? I know that early on in this in the stages of this virus, we were really struggling to keep our medical personnel uh, completely covered and, and clothed and 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 geared up. Are, are we still at that point, or or are we better off now? Yeah, you know, there's been a bit of a shift. I think originally all the experts, uh, the public health experts, um, thought that you know masks weren't very helpful, and um, we would be just using like the N95, which are the kind of the, the, the better mask, the mask that kind of filter out more particles. Um, but as, as things have progressed, it looks like um, adding more uh, masks to everybody probably has um, just as good of an effect. So I think um, that's going to be a part of the new process now is as if you go into any University of Utah facility, and I believe Intermountain is the same, is that um, you, everybody has to wear a mask. And so that will hopefully take some of the burden um, off of the people who really need that higher stuff. Um, I honestly just don't know where it stands right now from a kind of a system standpoint as to how much of that protective equipment is available. I just don't know. Hmm. If you've got questions uh, about COVID, if you've got questions about face coverings, um, maybe some thoughts or you need some advice, I know that Dr. Cushman would love to answer those as well. 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone lines with us. It is Doc Talk brought to you by University of Utah Health. And before we jump out to some of these phone calls and start taking the questions, I, I'd like to have you talk a little bit about the injury clinic. You know, we typically talk about it at the back end of the show, Dr. Cushman, but I, I'd like to just briefly explain what the injury clinic is to our listeners out there because – we did get some good announcements from the UHSAA today. Our kids are going to be back on fields, back on courts, uh, playing fall sports, and you know the, the potential of injury is going to start to creep up as as kids get back to activity. Talk a little bit about the injury clinic that you have. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool thing where um, if normally you would say uh, I got injured, I sprained my ankle, I might have broke my wrist. Um, you know, something happened, I got a concussion, those types of things you, you would normally call in and say, Hey, I need to schedule an appointment for this. They would schedule you the first available. And in general, I find that if someone's a, a really good doctor who's been doing it for a while, it takes a while to get into them because they're busy and you finally get to see them and who knows where things will be when you see them. But this clinic just lets you call in and then virtually every time we can get you in that day um, in the afternoon it used to be that we would just have people literally show up, but because of the whole COVID scenario, now what we're doing is having people call in um, and then we get you scheduled that afternoon um, to be seen. And we got all the usual stuff, x-rays and the ability to order anything we need to. So um, it's kind of nice. And, and if you were to go to the emergency room, it's going to cost you a whole lot of money. Um, and you're going to be seen by somebody who says, uh, looks like it's not broken. Why don't you go see a sports medicine doc? So instead you can just see us right then. Man, it's so convenient. It's such a great service for all of our listeners out there. 
you know, something that we are asking that you call in at this point before you come in. But those hours are Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then Friday, there are extended hours from noon until 6 p.m. right there at the corner where Carway and Foothill Drive. You can walk in with your your child, with yourself, with whatever injury that you're dealing with, and you can be seen in that clinic. It really is a great opportunity for everybody out there. In the meantime, an opportunity to call in and talk with Dr. Cushman at 855-340-9663. And Dr. Cushman, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit quickly, because I know that you're the team physician with Utah Track and Field and Utah swimming and diving. Are you still a team physician for those teams? Yeah, I still take care of them. And uh, as of now, it seems like uh, we're planning on seasons happening and we're going to kind of see how things go. Yeah, because that's kind of where I was headed with you for just a second on that is, does it feel like it's full steam ahead? Does it feel like, you know, it's you're playing it minute by minute, hour by hour? What's kind of the climate of, of these sports teams at the University of Utah? Well, I, I think it's it's kind of a cautious step forward is probably the best way I put it. Um, you know, there's a lot of groups that are involved, everything from NCAA to Pac-12 to the university. And um, ultimately, the thoughts are you're going to have different sports. You're going to have contact sports where you're one person right next to another, basketball, football, that kind of thing. And then you've got individual sports, things like swimming and diving and stuff. But the problem is, um, so there, you can't really do a one size fits all. It's pretty tough. And at the same time, you have to be equitable. You can't say, all right, we're only going to do the sports that make a lot of money. Or you can't say we're only going to do men's sports. You, you got to be fair on that all. So it's, it's a complicated thing. And then to add to it all, you've got people, I mean, at the U, we have people from every state pretty much that are coming in from all over the country. So we have to do some quarantining and different things like that to make sure everybody's safe. And we still don't know how well it's going to spread amongst uh, collegiate uh, level. It seems like with, with the younger kids, kids who are, you know, 10 or 11, it seems like the, the virus at this point is probably not too contagious. But when we're getting to the collegiate, it seems like it probably is relatively contagious. So we're just kind of taking it minute by minute and figuring out the best we can. Man, I got to imagine those studies play a big role in it. And how much, you know, how much um, as far as moving forward with those sports, how much does do these the universities really jump into the research of, of COVID? Yeah, they, they do everything humanly possible. The problem is in order to do good research, um, it takes time and time is not on our side, as you know. And so it's very easy to publish or not publish, but to come out with a bad study, which has happened time and time again. Um, but it's very hard to come out with a good study um, and it takes time and money. And so honestly, there's really not that much literature out right now, but it's getting more and more. And so I would say that in particular for the universities, it's kind of a, a little blessing in that that's what we do, right? Universities are all about science and, um, and using research to, to kind of aid what you're doing. So um, definitely on top of everything that's coming out and it changes by the day. Well, it's an incredibly uh, difficult uh, scenario that you're all facing, and I do appreciate your constant efforts, Dr. Cushman. Um, I, I get a little long-winded here in these intros. Do you, you ready to jump out to some phone calls? Of course. All right, let's jump out to some phone calls. Michael, you're up first with Dr. Cushman. Go ahead with your question. 
Yeah, I just have a question. Um, doctor, what would be your thought? Someone who's had um, some emotional and mental health stuff as well as physical pain that um, almost all men have tried many different methods. What are some alternative methods that maybe someone like myself could look into um, to release physical pain, emotional pain, mental health stuff that I haven't um, treatment. I mean, I could list it all I want. I haven't received, my body hasn't received it well. I just thought I would ask some other idea. Yeah, just, yeah, just so I'm understanding, are you saying that um, it kind, of, kind of combined with mental health, how can you take care of physical pain? Is that your question? I didn't quite understand. Yeah, I guess I've, I've, I've had a lot of physical pain and um, some emotional pain and mental health, anxiety, and depression, and I've tried chiropractic, I've tried psychiatric, some talk therapy, I've tried all the wonderful opportunities out there to try, and um, I haven't. I've been I've been resistant to it, and so I'm wondering um, hey, if there's uh, something else you would Michael, recommend. Uh, uh, Michael, I'm curious. Where, where is the physical pain coming from? Is it coming from injury? Is it coming from just a a constant ache? What, where is the physical pain coming from? That is the magic question. Um, imaging shows my body is uh, great. Um, no tears, no anything, and so I think there's a tie between the mental, emotional health with the physical pain causing it, um, but it has been in the hip, the knee, the calf, the shoulder constantly. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So um, you bring up some really good points there. I think first is that, um, you know, a lot of people say my X hurts, whatever X may be, my, my shoulder, my elbow. And there's so many different reasons. And in order to actually feel pain, your brain has to interpret it. If you didn't have a brain, you wouldn't feel any pain. And so there's definitely an overlap between um, kind of our feelings, what we're actually interpreting, plus what we're physically um, sensing. So when you do have anxiety, depression, um, lots of a whole host of mental health disorders, they go hand in hand with pain. And unfortunately, a lot of people kind of see that as, as a weakness, or a lot of people will see that as it's all in your head, and it's just not the case. Um, and so we see that very, very commonly. Um, the, the, to me, the answer to this is probably one of a couple things. Um, number one is you can somewhat medicalize it, um, as a term. And uh, I, by that, I mean, you can say, all right, let's look for medical reasons for this, but it sounds like you've been down a lot of those avenues it doesn't mean that there's not a medical issue. It just means things like imaging and the standard tests we do don't show much. So in those cases, the best method that we find is something called multidisciplinary, which means don't just do it piecemeal. Don't just say, all right, let's go to this doctor and test this stuff. Then go to this physical therapist and do this stuff and go to this psychologist and do this stuff. It's usually to do it all at once. Um, and in general, there are, um, there are pain management centers. And what, if you go to the right type, I know at the University of Utah, they have a good one there. Um, they generally look at you as a, as a human being and kind of take all that into account because it's not as simple as just doing one thing at a time, especially if it's been kind of a long road and have a lot of different 
um, problems that are compounding on each other. So that's where I usually tell my patients to start is um, pain management. But just keep in mind that some pain management centers um, really focus more on like medications and injections. That mm-hmm. that does not sound as like it's what you need. Um, you need more of kind of a multidisciplinary pain management center, it sounds like to me. Are there, are there areas, there, there are uh, physicians and, and areas that specialize in that type of treatment, Dr. Cushman? Yeah, they, they, um, there are two avenues. So the, the one that I'm most familiar with is, is a group that, are, that do a, um, a specialty called physical medicine and rehabilitation. Um, and they focus on function um, is their main thing, but then also kind of sources of pain. And they do a whole fellowship just in pain medicine. And then additionally, the anesthesiologists, you think of them as doing surgeries, but actually a subset of them will go on and do this as well. And they work hand in hand with um, psychologists, Hmm. with uh, psychiatrists in some cases, if necessary, with physical therapists, occupational therapists, a lot of different modalities to try and help get people better. And it can be really helpful, I find, in a lot of cases. Michael, anything, any other kind of thoughts or ideas or areas that you want to push into with this uh, question? Not really. Um, I've been stepping into chiropractic care with some emotional release techniques and just haven't found relief. And so I think the idea of multi- multidisciplinary thing and what I've been doing, I just got to keep going with it. So that's great. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate your call, Michael. That's exactly how it's done. Uh, 855-340-9663. That opens up the phone line. 855 855- Three four zero nine six six three to jump on with Dr. Cushman. It, I'm not real familiar with the pain and, and situation that Michael's talking about. I, if it's if it's not acute, is is this some type of systemic disease or is systemic pain? What is what what is it exactly that he's talking about, Dr. Cushman? Yeah, it's it's. Um... It's a hard thing to understand unless you've experienced it is probably what I would say. I think pretty much everybody is is familiar with falling and scraping your knee and knowing that kind of pain. Um, but there are definitely medical things. So things like rheumatoid arthritis that can cause pain in many joints um, and a whole host of diseases like that that can cause that. So generally, we, we kind of do a workup to make sure those aren't happening. And then there's a lot of um, other situations that can cause this. So in some people, if you have really severe depression, it causes true pain. It's not the type of pain that is is identical to like cutting yourself or anything like that, but it is true pain. Um, but it's not just the depression. Also, there can be other things that kind of compound it. Um, and then additionally, people oftentimes, if they're depressed, they stop exercising. And when you stop exercising, you put on 30 pounds that causes some more strain on everything. So it's a really kind of a tough, vicious cycle to, to get out of. And so, um, that just kind of causes more of the mental health problems. It's a very challenging issue. And, and the people who, who really do a good job in it are, are honestly very hard to come by because it's just such a challenging thing to treat. Wow. Very interesting. Very deep. And appreciate the call, Michael. I, I hope that you're able to get some of that that help that Dr. Cushman is talking about. Um, good area to start for those physicians, sportsmed.uvuhealth.org. You can find those physicians and you can work through those different physicians and and schedule these appointments that have become so, so much more um, convenient for the patient out there where you can even do some Zoom interactions. You know, I, I've got to imagine in a, in a setting like this, 
Dr. Cushman, some of these uh, online meetings might help in a situation like that. Yeah, um, actually, and a good friend of mine um, works in psychology, and I was just talking with her about this, and she was saying how, um, how, as you could imagine, how badly needed um, mental health services are in this day and age, considering the unemployment, considering the sickness some people are getting, everything, and um, and that the online options are are really quite key um, for a lot of that type of, of service. You're listening to Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health. If you want to jump on, you've got a question for the for the doctor. It's 855-340-9663. Maybe you were out on the river rafting. Uh, maybe you were getting back out on a basketball court. You've pulled something, strained something. Maybe your kid has come back from a practice and doesn't know exactly what's going on with their body. Maybe you were in a car accident a couple of years ago and you don't know what's going on with your neck. Those kinds of things. We're here to help. 855-340-9663. We come back to your phone calls next. You're listening to Doc Talk, presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Doc Talk. 855-340-9663 to jump on with Dr. Dan Cushman. And myself, any type of medical question that you might have. And, and Dr. Cushman, I know before we jump back out to the phone lines, in regards to Michael's call and his comment about some of the physical pain that he's dealing with that potentially is coming through maybe um, depression or the mental side of anguish, I know you had some thoughts, some comments in regards to how sports affect some of those things. Yeah, we, I was just thinking about this, how um... – we've had a lot of talks about this amongst our group, how, um, you know, anybody who's, uh, I wouldn't even say an athlete, but just anybody who's active, people who hike or people who regularly go for a walk or, you know, elite athletes, people who are professionals, um, anybody who has had to take time off knows how much that affects you. Um, and so those of us who, who are, are still active and are forced to take that time off, um, I've just personally found that when we were going through the, the beginning of COVID, we had to, to stop seeing a lot of patients. And I just had a lot of phone calls and, and um, virtual visits with people who were basically more than anything saying, I'm stuck at home. All I know is I just love to run three miles a day and I can't do that because my ankle hurts mm-hmm. or whatever. And I find that's almost a bigger piece than just about everything else. And that's the, the mental side of things, uh, much less if you're a professional athlete and it's affecting your livelihood and, and possibly your career. So what are some things that we can do to, to kind of keep our mental health in tune without even having it unknowingly or accidentally slip away? Yeah. I, I mean, to me, so, so let me give you an example is I find that when we're dealing with our collegiate athletes, you know, that's, that's their identity. That's how they know themselves. They've been doing it for 20 years of their life, the same thing. And that's all they, they know in a lot of cases. Um, and first thing is we try to keep them doing their sport as much as possible. Um, that's important. Second is really sticking with their friends. So for example, if somebody, let's say they break their, their ankle and they can't do their sport it's really important that they still stick around practices, that they still hang out with, with everybody else um, and not get away from that. 
And the second is really more the the gray area ones where you're like, well, you could take some time off or not, but it's to still remain active. So let's say you can't run. Are you able to bike or are you able to even just walk or hike or do something else that is active, gets those, gets the blood flowing and everything else. I think that's very helpful. And I think the final thing, which is, is probably equally important is knowing when you are having a really hard time and reaching out. Um, and so even if your doctor said, yeah, you know, you hurt your ankle, I need you to take four weeks off, reach out to that doctor and say, Hey, I'm having a real hard time. I need to talk to somebody because of how bad my mental health is after this. It's a really important thing. Something that you really have to pay close attention to. What, what are some of the signs that it's getting to a, a dangerous level? Um, I think the, the signs that we generally go on are, um, they seem obvious, but oftentimes they're, they're not, especially if you're, if you're in your own shoes. Um, so if you're a happy person and you're kind of slowly, slowly, slowly getting sadder, um, and you just realize you're snapping at people you didn't used to, you're always hopeless. You're having just thoughts of, of hurting other, hurting yourself or other people, stuff like that. Um, those are the times you really just got to reach out. I always tell people worst case scenario, if you're really feeling down, worried that you might hurt yourself, there's all, always the national suicide hotline that you can always just Google, look it up, call it, it you know, it's, it's the, if it ever gets to that, I'd say most of the time it doesn't. Um, most people are just really, um, you know, they start getting depressed um, and they, they don't get to that level, but it, it's really important to kind of be on top of that and, and kind of cut head it off before it happens. Um, and, and there are many, many methods for that. And so I think just, just reach out and know that there are people who can help with that. I know we're now into our fifth month of dealing with this virus and I'm going all the way back to March when things shut down and things were looking really bleak. There was a real concern nationally for our communities and, and their mental health. Have we seen a huge uptick in issues over the last five months, Dr. Cushman? My understanding is yes, um, and and I think it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, unfortunately, mm. it is. Uh, it, I would imagine a lot of that has to do with individuals losing their job. That has to be a, a dramatic increase in potential for uh, pretty severe depression. Does th- does that typically accompany for most people, or is it hit and miss with people? Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure just um, not being in that world as much, but I, I think it's probably very person dependent and, and it could just be something as simple as um, a parent dying, or it could be the fact that you don't get to see your friends as much as you used to, or the fact that um, you can't go in and into work and see the people you always see every day and, and you're out of your routine. I think there's a lot of things that can kind of set it off. Yeah. It's a scary situation, and and I know that um, it is it's rampant in my family, and I, you know I I would also kind of caution to our listeners that if you have a family history of mental health disorders or depression, it, it is very inherited, is it not, Doc? Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head that if you do have that family history, really be, be aware of it and, um, and stay ahead of it. Don't get behind it. 
Sorry to kind of get on that soapbox, but it means a lot to me, and it is it is a, a conversation that we absolutely have to have. I'd like to thank our callers for listening patient, or sorry, waiting patiently. But let's do this. Let's jump back out to the phone lines here, Doc, and take a couple of phone calls. Tammy, you're up next with Dr. Cushman. Go ahead, Tammy. Okay. Tammy, I'll, I need to ask you to turn your radio down, and, and uh, you're on with the doctor. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, uh, can I hear it through the, my phone? Yes. Yeah, you, you'll be able to hear the doctor through the phone. Okay. Okay. Good. Go ahead with your question, Tammy. Okay. Um, my question is about walking. I had been, um, I had a, um, I had a um, x-ray year ago and uh, because of lower back pain. And the x-ray um, said that my sacral second disc is bent forward a little bit or something. And also it is, um, there's some rheumatism in it. And I have really hard time I had really hard time walking. Every single evening, I had so much pain and afternoon. And I still have uh, pain if I'm on the hard floor for a long time without um, shoes, if I'm standing. So I do not know what I should be doing about this. I haven't seen any doctor, actually. I have talked a long time ago with my um, regular doctor, with my medical, and she's the one who ordered the x-ray. But now, because of the virus, I haven't been able to go back to her. So, yeah, so I don't know. Um, I have been exercising, trying to build muscles around it, and that seems to help. But I still have, like, right now I have a lower back pain on my mm-hmm. right side and also and just, ankle pain. And just so I understand, did you say it does, you do have pain in your legs or no pain in your legs? I have a pain on my lower back and my ankles get sore and they ache and my ankle aches also. And my, top of my foot, um, on the same side, of, of course, is... Um, more sensitive to touch. It's like it has um, hmm. um, pins and needles, but it's not yeah. all the time, but it comes and goes. Yeah, that, that sounds like um, that could be um, coming from your back. So a lot of times you can pinch a nerve in the back that goes down to the ankle um, and causes a lot of back pain as well. With, without, without, w- w- sorry, doctor, without, oh, go ahead. without feeling the pain in the leg, sometimes a pinched nerve in the back will actually target the ankle without. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. It, um, <laughs> the backs are interesting things. They, um, so if you think of a, a kind of a classic, typical textbook uh, pinched nerve, what it does is it, you feel pain in the back and then you feel it all the way down your leg depending on which nerve it might go to the side of your to a side of your calf or it might go down to your big toe um, it just depends on which nerve gets pinched but in reality they can do everything um, I've seen some people who have had nothing but big toe weakness 
I've seen some people who have had nothing but side of the foot pain. Hmm. I've seen people who have, have pain in their back and then pain in their leg that skips an area. Um, yeah, they can do almost everything. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Mine skips yeah. between my hip and my knee, but it also goes outside of my, um, what is that part, lower leg. Hmm. Yeah. So it goes ankle, and, lower leg, and my part of my foot and my lower yeah. leg. Yeah. And so that's probably either the L5 nerve or or the ones above or below it. And so um, if if you were to come into clinic today, the majority of the time without, and I can't say for sure because I haven't, you know, examined you or anything like that, but I would say the majority of the time I would actually have you see a physical therapist. Um, most of the time, if you especially are finding that doing some exercises helps but doesn't help enough, with the help of a physical therapist, a lot of the time that can really get a lot better without having to do any medications or anything else. There are some medications that can help with some of that nerve pain as well. So you could always call your doctor and ask if there is any nerve pain medication you can take, but they can interact with medications and stuff like that. So you definitely want to go through your primary care doc on that. Okay. But I have to wait for a little while until... Okay. This, I don't know if this is related, but I have always also stepped wrong with that foot. I don't step... Right. My shoes were out on the outside. Hmm. That could definitely be related. So that could be related to some people have a different length of their legs um, that causes your back to just kind of be or your pelvis to be off by a little bit. Um, other times you can have weakness that, that comes from a pinched nerve that may not be something you really notice, but causes you to walk a little different. So it could definitely be related. Tammy, did you say that you've always had that issue where your shoes wore thin, like even back into high school, um, just after high school, or is that something that's um, more recent? It's more recent, but it's been probably twenty years at okay. least. Okay. Does that does that but play a role? I didn't know what Doctor Cushman. Does that make a difference at all? So that definitely could, and it's part of a kind of a. You'd have to take it as one of the clues and, and a part of a global assessment and really look at everything. But that definitely could play a part in it. So, okay, so I should go see my regular um, doctor. Or No, he, well, he suggested a physical therapist, right, Dr. Cushman? Yeah, and I was going to say um, it, it's definitely worth reaching out to your primary care doctor if they were the ones who had taken right. the first x-ray. But what I was uh -huh. going to say is that now the physical therapists are also doing these virtually where you just um, stand there with your phone. Hmm. Um, as long as you mm -hmm. have a smartphone that has a camera on it, they can watch you and tell you how to move and do things. It's not as good as in person, but it can be a great start for a lot of that too. So um, it just counts as a regular physical therapy appointment. You can still schedule it the same way, um, but that's another way of doing it so that at least you wouldn't have to see anybody in person and still get something that really might help. One, one thing I have to ask, it, it just kind of in favor of Tammy here, Dr. Cushman, um, is she furthering the damage by continuing to, to work out and, and do the things that she's currently doing actively? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that it's pretty safe to say if you are doing exercises that make you feel better, um, and that includes both the time you're doing them and the time after them. So let's say, for example, you do an exercise and you're like, oh, I feel better. But then that afternoon you feel much worse. That's not good. Mm -hmm. But if you are feeling better and stay better, 
almost across the board, you can rely on that as being something good for you. If you're doing something that hurts, as simple as it sounds, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Tammy, thank you very much. Thank you for the call. So, um, start with the, the meeting with the physical therapist. And then secondly, uh, Dr. Cushman, you talked about, um, some different pain therapy or, or medication that she could call a, a doctor about specifically the nerve damage in, in the L5, if that was the case. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So there are some pain medications, but they're not like the ones we hear about, like the Percocets and the other opioids, but they work only on nerves and they're not, uh, they're not addictive. They're none of, they're none of those types of things, but you still have to kind of use them judiciously. Um, so th- that is an option. And one other thing that, you know, I, I, I didn't really go into it too much, but one other option, um, Tammy, that you have would be there are spine doctors who focus on nothing but the spine. Um, so the low back, the middle back, the neck, and this is what they do all day because so many people have back pain. And you could also do a virtual visit with them as well. Um, and they can help kind of guide you a little more and be your quarterback so that if you do need any of the medications or anything like that, um, they can help guide all that. So that's another option that really might help. Tammy, you sound like an extremely lovely person, and I, I hope that you're able to find that relief from that pain. I hope you're able to find that treatment that you need to get back to good health, and hopefully we give you a good idea of, of where to start and some of the options that are out there. And uh, we do hope that you give back to that good health soon. You're listening to Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back to more of your calls. That opens up a phone line, 855-340-9663. Are you having a problem with your body? Something doesn't feel right? Maybe you've got a child that's dealing or struggling with pain or an injury. Well, this is the exact show you need to call, 855 340 9663. It's Doc Talk brought to you by University of Utah Health. You're listening to Doc Talk, presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. I can't tell you how much I love the University of Utah Health and our great partnership over the years. They have been so great, and the physicians that they bring to Doc Talk every week or every other week are top notch, the best in the world. And I'd like to give a shout out to Dr. Mack out there because Dr. Mack continues to save the lives of my family and I am forever indebted to Dr. Mack for all he's done. Dr. Cushman, on a scale of one to 10, where is Dr. Mack on that scale as an orthopedic surgeon? Is 10 good? 10's, 10's really good, 10's high. I would say like a 9,000 <laughs> and not to mention, he's just like a, a nice human being yeah. and a person who actually cares about other people. Just, just yeah. such a good guy. He is one, one of the best, one of the best men I've ever met in my life as, as well as yourself and other physicians that come from university, Utah health. All right. Um, we've got some banked phone lines here, so let's try to jump out and we'll get to as many as we can. Um, Luke, we'll start with you. You're up first on this side with Dr. Dan Cushman. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. About 20 years ago, I pulled my muscle in my chest, and I've noticed about the last four years I will be bent over or doing something 
and I if I twist when I'm bent over, I have a bulge right below the my left chest, uh, and it's there for about ten minutes. It's a sharp, sharp pain. Um, it it's like a ball underneath my skin. Uh, just want to know what kind of doctor I would go to keep to look at that. Can you um, can you feel like an actual lump there? Yeah, and, it, and I my I was told it could be a hernia, but I was also told they don't go up that high. Luke, can but you right below can, my left yeah, breast? I, I was gonna say, Luke, can you do a better job of just like pinpointing it for for the the doc and I as as we kind of picture where it, that's at? It's right below my left breast, my left nipple, and it's a big ball. And it hurts, and I can barely breathe. And it, but it's only there for anywhere from four to ten, twelve minutes, and then it and then it goes away. But it happens um, three or four times can, a week. Can you make it happen? If like right now, if you wanted to, could you make it happen? I could, yeah. Um, so here's what I would recommend in that case: is um, in general, I think if you saw a sports medicine doc, we'd be able to take care of it. Um, preferably somebody who does ultrasound. Um, and so when you, uh, what you can do with an ultrasound machine is you can physically watch the tissues moving. Um, it does kind of sound like a hernia, honestly, like, yeah, it's not this, the typical hernia that you hear of kind of in your lower abdomen. Um, but herniations can happen really anywhere in the body and the muscle is surrounded by a thick layer called a fascia and the muscle can kind of pop through that fascia um in in miscellaneous places so to me it does sound like that type of thing um and then the muscle tissue pops back in and then the pain goes away sometimes that does require a surgery and that surgery might cure it where they basically just sew that fashion together but that's kind of a case-by-case basis and occasionally you can get it on an mri but honestly ultrasound would probably be the way to start and you can just do that in the office um if you see the right uh, just a chiropractor or not a chiropractor a regular doctor yeah i would i would i would um call the sports medicine uh department and then just tell them um that you need to see a sports medicine doc who can do ultrasound um and honestly okay. i'm in the uh the, cl- the injury clinic tomorrow afternoon if you want to come by i could even do it then um but otherwise um just scheduling it with with a sports medicine doc who can um, look at you with an ultrasound machine Okay. Is there any chance it's just a pulled muscle from 20 years ago? I can uh, uh, almost guaranteed no, because um, muscles do a great job of healing um, and they should be healed um, within at the most months. Um, Even if it was a really bad pull, um, there's always a chance there could be kind of scar tissue or something left there from the pull. That's that's totally possible. Um, But it's weird that it would cause a ball in the area. So I I, I bet it is a herniation. I'm I'm so confused. Uh, How does something herniate through that rib cartilage and that cage? So, it, no, it's probably what I'm hearing, and maybe I'm misunderstanding, is that imagine a muscle. So you got your ribs as like the lowest layer. Then above that, you've got your pectoralis major muscle, which is what it sounds like. And then if you want to look at a lower, like kind of a more microscopic level, right above that is another layer, a really thin, thick, uh, thin layer that's very strong called the fascia. And so imagine if that muscle, which is now the middle layer, pops up and goes in between a hole that's in that kind of very thin, strong layer, um, that's where you would get the, the bump underneath your skin. And that and, and that's extremely painful, Luke? Oh, it's horrible. It, oh. 
puts me to my knees and tears in my eyes a lot oh, of the time. Man. Yeah, so they are sorry. horrible. And I got to stretch yeah. and move around and try to get it to calm down, and it will go away in about 10, 15 minutes. But it's just really, really painful. It, it, like you get hit with a baseball right there. Is that something that needs to be surgically repaired? If it is the hernia, is that a, a surgical repair, Dr. Cushman? Yeah, it usually is. I mean, there are there are sometimes more conservative things you could try, but but especially if it's been going on that long, it would probably be a surgery, but it, it probably would not be a big deal surgery, uh, depending on where it is. It would probably be a, real, a relatively small surgery, I would assume. So Okay, so this is isn't... something that's got to get done. Yeah, that's dangerous. Um, it's a great question. So how long has it been going on, would you say? Uh, weekly for about four years. Then I think that it's probably unlikely that it's going to cause anything bad. Um, what can happen in rare cases is it pops through and then it doesn't get back in. And the danger there is that imagine if it pops through and it kind of gets, um, gets uh, more and more inflamed, that's going to be more blood in the area. And then when you get more and more blood, that's going to make it bigger. And then it's going to get more blood and that's going to make it bigger. And so it kind of gets bigger and bigger and then it doesn't go back through. Hmm. But usually if it's, that's more of a, a thing that generally doesn't happen later on, but it still always could. So it's the kind of thing where I would definitely get it checked out. Um, but I don't think you have to do it like tonight by any means. Luke, thanks for the phone call. Uh, hopefully that's a lot of help. Hopefully you can get that fixed. That sounds like, Dr. Cushman, that would go up there in my top five phone calls from listeners of um, curious but serious <laughs> type of, of issue that they're dealing with. Um, that definitely goes up there in the book. So, Luke, good luck on that. Get that taken care of. Uh, it sounds like it's nothing to mess around with, Dr. Cushman. Yeah, uh, I apologize to Lisa, Chad, Shelly, and what's that fourth one there? Is it Steve? Peter? Um, give us a call back next week. We're going to have Doc Talk next week. I don't know if it's Dr. Cushman. I know that most of you are calling to talk with Dr. Cushman because he's the man, but we'll have another great physician on next week. Dr. Cushman, thank you so much for taking these phone calls and your time. Yeah, thank you. I love doing this, so thanks for having me. Uh, you're absolutely amazing at it. Thanks for being so good to our listeners. That's Dr. Dan Cushman. This is Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health. We will be back in this time slot next week. So to those callers, keep those questions. Give us a call next week, but stay tuned right now for the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. Next.